0: me to get you the telescoping arms i bought those they're still sitting in that front room
1: right <laughs> all right There's just, I keep having this. <laughs> let's do that one more time this sports meets beer episode 44
0: yikes part two heavens to murgatroyd <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right everybody welcome sports meets beer podcast my name is Ben Perry. That is Brad Barmore. We are here to delight and entertain. If okay. we don't meet that criteria, then please write us a letter.
0: Just do just do something. Reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, email. We, we've got those. Sportsmeetspeer at gmail.com. Perfect.
1: Well, uh, if you haven't listened to our uh, previous episode 44, part one, uh, a little sports talk, a lot of sports talk, a lot of basketball talk uh, with uh, special guest Michael Tully from the XM show uh, Jason Ellis show so check that out part one awesome we loved it great guy he claimed to have liked it we'll see
0: yeah he said it was fun we'll see yeah we'll see I'm
1: gonna call and harass him on their show I'll do it anyway
0: when he thought my name was rad I thought I could tell that was already pretty that funny. he started to fake a cough but when yeah. he, when we cleared that up everything seemed to be okay again
1: <laughs> well it was a good time uh, but now we were able to sit back and talk some beer right Yes. Uh, thank you to Mr. Joe Ayub from the Anchor Brewing Company who uh, delivered this hand delivered this to a retail account. Couldn't even give it to me in face to face. One <laughs> classic Ayub. Oh man, uh, but yeah, we're here uh, here trying this. So uh, you know, if you don't know much about Anchor Brewing, uh, they are obviously San Francisco. They are uh, one of the most iconic historic breweries for the West Coast. Um, you know, one of those things where they've they've really uh, the term steam uh, anchor steam. It's actually anchor brewing. So let's let's not confuse that with anchor steam beer. That's just one of the beers they make. Um, but they've had a lot of success, uh, you know, with uh, with their California lager. Um, they have the first mass produced wheat beer out there. Their summer ale, it's, it's bounced back between wheat and summer, but that's one of the best known uh, summer variety offerings. Uh, out there, they also uh, have really claimed to have make the first IPA. Liberty was the first West Coast IPA uh, out there. So a lot of heritage, uh, really cool tap room. If you have not have not checked it out, uh, I, I, I encourage you to do so. Uh, try to tie it into when you go see a Giants game or something like that. It's only a short drive um, you know, to the stadium. Unbelievable. A lot of of history, a lot of heritage. Again, one of the only breweries on the West Coast uh, that still uses copper kettles, uh, which imparts, uh, you know, apparently is better than stainless. That's what they say. They like the flavor. They like the way that it balances heat uh, throughout better. Uh, And then also, you know, being that uh, Fritz Maytag, who owned uh, Anchor Brewing at one point for quite a long time and was an innovator, developed the Agitator. Same thing you see in the bottom of of a Washing machine, maybe not the new washing machines because those have new Fennel technology, but the you know the (laughs) the centerpiece that goes in and agitates all the water. They basically took that technology, put it into the brew kettle, the brew tank, and that's one of the things. So they've they've got a lot of lot of history, uh, a lot of uh, nostalgia coming out of the Anchor Brewery. So uh, this is one of their new offerings. You know they've they were kind of late to the game for IPAs. Um, First one they came out. It was a, uh, it launched and was uh, uh, immediately kind of retracted. Uh, way too multi. It was not a, uh, not what people were looking for from a West Coast IPA. Uh, reformulated it, dry hopped it. Now it comes out as it's their, it's their Go West IPA. Still not as hoppy as, as most people were looking for, but it's a, it is a good, uh, it is a good West Coast IPA if you're not looking for extra bitter.
0: Is it the lack of hops that is it or that kind of gets it uh, twisted for people or is it the, more pronounced malt it's, profile
1: it, it's a combination of both i mean it's your it's a very pronounced malt bill it's uh i mean that's just one of those things where most of their beers are, are have a, a common thread in them and we've we discussed that there's there's you know sam adams is another one like they they use noble hops that's all they use and and uh you know, Anchor's not known for using a variety of hops uh, and, and malts. They have the same malt flavor throughout most of their beers. It is an
0: identifiable brewery, that's for sure. Immedi- just, you know, New Belgium is the same thing. Right. You know, you know who you're, what there's beer usually, this is. There's
1: usually one beer uh, out of their mix that, that tastes nothing, you know, nothing different. And, and quite honestly, the one I, I like, my favorite beer from them is the Anchor Christmas. You know, that's something that's very much celebratory, like the Sierra Celebration right it's very very rarely is it a miss i've only had it be a miss once or twice
0: uh yeah i think twice is probably accurate there were a couple years where it was like sucking a christmas trees balls
1: really piney yeah Yeah, but super piney
0: i look forward to it every year i think it's awesome you know and it's one that you definitely buy in the large format and share like you're not drinking multiple pints of that thing right just it is so intense but yeah that's that is my favorite beer that they make
1: Uh, actually i take that back my favorite beer they make is uh, an oba it's a barrel-aged beer that they do, and it's unbelievable, but it's very hard to find, very small amounts. So they usually don't... It's only in 20... Big bottle, and it's only out for, like, um, literally a month. They do one run, and that's Interesting. it.
0: Interesting. I've not had that.
1: Yeah. So this, uh, the Blackberry Days, and it's D-A-Z-E, so already I'm a little annoyed by that. <laughs> uh, Blackberry Days IPA. Uh, this is a brand-new beer from them. Um, you know, the... Um, the appearance you poured out, um, you know, it's funny if you look on the website, which is AnchorBrewing.com. Um, the image is way more p- pink in hue. Uh,
0: it's pre- it's pretty pink. It's pretty not pink. As,
1: it looks like a raspberry. Look at this. Let me see. Look at this. It looks like a raspberry, like drink. This doesn't that has that is, that is, true. That is true. It is true. It looks way too raspberry lemonade looking. Um, when you pour it out, you know, you do get. um it still looks like a beer, but it definitely has a pinkish hue to it. Um, I can see Brad's already reading ahead by tasting the beer, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: could you see it because I actually did it, or yeah. by the look on my Both.
1: face? Both, <laughs> uh, No, this yeah, it's kind of it's got a slight pink hue to it. It's still, you know, you wouldn't necessarily, no one would think that you're drinking uh, like a Mike's Hard Lemonade or anything on the on the, in a glass, but it's it's definitely got a lighter color to it. Um, I mean, the aroma. I mean I just get I do get just a, a nice a nice uh resiny hop smell to it. I don't get a ton of fruit. So I'm already like okay, I'm a little confused. I don't get a lot of blackberry. It is of it.
0: if you like take a big like a big sniff like it doesn't like it doesn't hit you like it doesn't hit you like a like if you take a big whiff of like a bowl full of raspberries. Right. But if you just open the fridge and you left the box of raspberries open, yeah, it's that, very that mild. Draft. It's very mild.
1: See, I never I never smell that in my fridge. I mean, I've got fruits and strawberries and different fruit, but the pizza smell, the pizza <laughs> box, always takes over everything. Nice. <laughs> the it's uh, very muted this is my I guess my point. Yeah, and this you know it's um, yeah. I mean, the, you get I mean, it's it just it does smell like an IPA. Um. Little malty, little sweet, not bad. Um, but then, I mean, you dive into the taste. It, um, it definitely, you've got that fruit on the front end and then the bitterness from the hops on the back end. Um, you know, blackberry's not a very uh, strong, flavoring fruit. You know, it's not, right. as, not as predominant as, say, like apricot or peach. Um You know, or (laughs) that too. Um, I cut those out of my diet completely a long time ago. Uh, But it's the blackberries there. It's it's pronounced, but it's not over the top, in my opinion.
0: It's yeah, it's pretty mild,
1: pretty mild. Um, To me, this this is not the malt character does not taste like an acre. It's a little different than what I'm used to expecting from them. Um, I think it's I think it's nice. This is this to me. is I think if it was grants a little cloudy and overcast today, I think this is a nice change. You know, we, we mentioned a long time ago about um, somewhere in the 20s episode about how we're, f- fruit beers need to go. They need to be done. Um, I think this is one of those beers that's such lightly handed. I could actually use a little bit more fruit flavor just because if they had named it something else and just says, hey, this is an IPA that's brewed with blackberries, I'd be like, oh, okay, it's got a little bit of it. When you right. your name it Blackberry Days, I expect to have more pronounced blackberry flavor.
0: See, I actually like... It's pretty light in body in my right. opinion but I think like it falls short as both an IPA and a blackberry beer like on it's either more of a pale
1: ale to be
0: yeah I know that's a great point I, so I just it falls short in both categories and so even if they just said IPA with blackberries like I would still think that like I would still find it to fall I, I think it would still fall a little short for me I, I don't I don't really love I don't hate it I just right like I wouldn't reach for another one of these
1: um, you know I probably would. And I'll, I'll tell you why. This is um, as soon as I as soon as I mentioned it was pale ale or it tastes like a pale ale. Instantly, my palate now is I, I you know second third sip. I'm not getting the bitterness that I got from the first sip. So obviously, maybe my maybe my palate was wrecked from the cup of coffee I have literally sitting next to my 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 beer. But um, no, it it actually it balances out. It finishes pretty clean, like like a pale ale would. And so to me, this is one of those things where I could easily. I could easily drink two or three of these in a sitting. I'd like it to be a little warmer outside to do that. Like this to me would be a great summertime kind of a, you know, I'm not necessarily going to drink something really, really light bodied, you know, nothing like nothing, a big lager, but something like this where this is, hey, it is an IPA. I mean, it it comes in at six and a half percent. You know, they don't list the IBUs on there. Which uh, you know, the obviously, there's not a ton. That's probably why they omit that from there. But I think yeah, I would have, I would have multiple of these. I I don't. It's not offensive, um, and it's but it's also not the. You know, if I'm at yard house and I got a, you know 50 beers or 100 beers to choose from, then I'll have one. But if you're, I'm at a, a bar or someone's house, I would probably reach for a second one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't hate it. I just yeah.
1: it's nothing it's special just, to you. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's unremarkable. Right. Okay. Well, there we go. So the Blackberry Daze. I'm Not that I've even said I'm going to finish this pint. Z- oh, yeah.
0: Of course. Obviously.
1: <laughs> what, what am are I? We?
0: What am I, an ASEL?
1: <laughs> well, uh, good times with that. Um, don't have another beer offering today. Just this one.
0: Sp- Which, speaking of A-S-O-L-S. <laughs> yes. It's time for our shit tweet of the week. No way. Cue the music. All right. So, if you are new to the show, we began this a long time ago, dealing specifically with one Twitter user. Senator was a Press Democrat writer, Lowell Cohn,
1: who has um, been silent as of late.
0: Yeah. Although uh, I don't know if you saw, but the Press Democrat is bringing uh, Chuck Nevius back, also a braying butthole. Uh, can't <laughs> wait to read some of that stuff. Uh, he's the guy that Barry Bonds once asked, "Can you? E- do you even like anybody?" Um, which, coming from Barry Bonds, is an amazing question. Um, So anyway, so what we've done, it's since morphed into, I find three or four of some of the worst sports tweets of the week that I can find. We try and keep them unrelated to politics if we can, um, which means that we pretty much don't get anything from Kurt Schilling. Um, (laughs) Although I look every week, believe me. Uh, There are some awesome ones out there. Uh, There is a little bit of a trend, unfortunately, that they do come from mostly sports writers. And I think that's because sports writers need the engagement with readers or fans or Twitter users to make sure that they keep their jobs but <laughs> occasionally we get an athlete that says something silly this week is not one of those weeks unfortunately
1: so what we're going to do so is you're um, telling me that magic johnson is not tweet used twitter this week uh the magic he's Johnson, he's a good one he's a the easy magi- one
0: yeah you're right he usually is but now that he's the president of the lakers it's like it, he's not tweeting quite as much no and unfortunately the athlete who has had more appearances on our shit tweet of the week has been my favorite athlete of all time jerry rice he's <laughs> just killing me um <laughs> so in any case we got three this week uh, we're. I'm going to read off all three, and then Ben and I are going to debate which one is the uh, worst of the week. Are you ready?
1: I am ready.
0: All right. Our first one comes from Skip Bayless. <laughs> Skip Bayless, who used to be used to write for the San Jose Mercury News, uh, now is a braying asshole, to use my term from earlier. He's yes. now on Fox Sports 1 because even ESPN got tired of him.
1: He's uh, I believe that's uh, a 30-minute shouting match with Shannon Sharp.
0: Uh, yeah, just... That's pretty much what goes on and
1: for And I know, I don't know who's the who's the the female uh person in the middle if she's like just supposed to be a mediator or host whatever all she does is sit there and laugh um, everything they say is hilarious apparently So
0: two things when I think about sports programming Fox Sports 1 doesn't doesn't even enter my like my thinking like the no. only time that I remember Fox Sports 1 even exists is when they're playing a baseball game or like during the the MLB playoffs, right? Because that's when there's anything of real value on that channel.
1: They they do like a lot of motocross, auto racing, like ESPN like Three that. used to do. Yeah, <laughs> ESPN yeah, ESPN eight. Ocho. Yeah, the Ocho. Um,
0: you know, what I will say though, the uh, show that, is, I think it's First Take. It's got Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman on. Yes, um, that show is on a lot in the in all the restaurants because we just you know we have sports or news on in them all the right. time, and they're all on mute. Um, I could watch that show with it on mute all the time because the moderator on that show is a smoke show. Holy <laughs> smokes. Um,
1: Always helps, man. Always helps.
0: In any case, getting back to the poop tweet of the week. Uh, Skip Bayless says, uh, There is no way Tony Romo is a Hall of Famer. He was not better than Staubach, Meredith, Danny White, and Dak will be much better than Romo ever was. Ooh. All right, so uh, I'm going to address why this is a terrible tweet immediately. Uh, number one, it makes no mention of the probably the best Cowboy quarterback of all time. Troy Aikman. Thank you. Uh, and I would just like to point out that um, on the all-time Dallas Cowboy quarterback list, uh, Tony Romo is first in yards, touchdowns, quarterback rating, completion percentage, and is third in most interceptions. Um, who, so who leads in interceptions?
1: Troy Aikman does. Really?
0: Yeah, 141. Okay. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, 170, 170. Um so uh, that's a complete bias thing. The fact is Tony Romo made some really silly decisions in crunch time and they've come back to haunt him, but he's also turned in an incredible amount of uh, fourth quarter comebacks and they yes. got robbed in green Bay a couple of years ago. Yes, they absolutely did. I laughed hysterically because <laughs> it doesn't bother me, but I, they got robbed. There's no denying that. Um, and he had no defense for a long time. Secondary was always terrible. They couldn't rush the passer when they had great running game. They, you know, his seasons were even better um, when they, when, you know Jerry Jones started you know, smarting up and asking other people's of opinions on personnel, and they started drafting offensive linemen. Right. Romo only got better. Um, he took advantage of T.O. He took advantage of, um, of having Des Bryant. I mean, he, the guy is a great quarterback. There's no denying that. Um, you know Whether or not he was a winner are two different things, right, because he never won anything of any serious value. But he is a great quarterback. There's no denying that. So to, to say that there's no way he's a Hall of Famer is really silly, really silly. Our next uh, (laughs) tweet comes from uh, San Jose Mercury News writer Tim Kawakami.
1: Who you despise. Who I do despise. He's actually a little bit of a bully on Twitter.
0: He is a total bully on Twitter, which is a great lead-in for this particular tweet. (laughs) NBA Uh. fan lecturing Twitter is so endearing. You passive-aggressive just... Just passive-aggressive bag of feminine hygiene product. <laughs> listen, I am going to read it again. NBA fan lecturing Twitter is so endearing. If you don't like it, then don't engage in it.
1: I never think you'd be able to tell sarc- sarcasm from a tweet, and that sounds very sarcastic. It just sounds so shitty and, and just, snobby.
0: God, man, like listen, Kawakami, like you were right about the David Lee thing, right? Okay. He said he was on the bandwagon that Draymond Green should have been starting over David Lee about halfway through uh, the last year of the Mark Jackson era. Um, because David Lee was no good defensively, and he was having trouble with, you know... Even though David Lee was shooting a great percentage, he was having trouble around the rim that year. He was kind of getting bullied a little bit. Um, David Lee was is a good player, and he did a lot of great things for the Warriors. and so But he would not let it die. To the point where, like, you know, to the point where uh, towards the end of that season, somebody asked him, you know hey, you know, there some of the numbers against you on defense say suggest this and this. You know, what kind of value would you say, you know, you bring to the warrior defense? Something. The question was something along those lines. And David Lee said, oh, are people saying that? You mean like Tim Kawakami? <laughs> like, <laughs> just called him out. I love David Lee. Love David Lee. Um, but, you know, and then like, t- like you know, Kawakami's the guy that like won't let the Harbaugh-Jed York thing die.
1: Bro, oh, no. Like, come on, dude. It's he been, totally stokes that fire all the time.
0: Just, yeah, just tries it. So to, to make those types of statements and then not expect some sort of backlash is like, it's like, come on, dude. It, like, that's what this is. That's all Twitter is, is, you know, NBA fans or quote-unquote purists or homers or whatever lecturing the other side of things. Because I don't have to look you in the face over a beer and talk about it like an adult. Right. That's the whole thing. So if you don't like it, then just stop. Stop. Write an article that's worth the shit and then, like, get some engagement that way.
1: He, uh, there was a Twitter follower and I can't remember, I was in the middle of, like, just going through, scrolling through, and look suggested likes, right? And this guy, for some reason, this guy came up, and uh, our he started following us, and then uh, on his on his info on his the descriptor it says he's blocked by Tim Kawakami, and so I hit to him. I go, what did you do to get blocked by him? And he goes, I just he basically was I asked a question. Yeah, right. he didn't like and he got freaking b- banned yeah, got right. i'm sure i'm <laughs> sure that's not all it was no but i'm sure it was it's I'm way sure more than that
0: if you ask kawakami what it was and you ask this guy what it was i'm sure the story is a lot closer to this guy's story than kawakami's
1: yes uh
0: all right and our third and final tweet of the week returns the og from the shit tweet of the week the original shit tweet of the week gangsta Lowell cone
1: oh my, my god so that tired, dropping son of a bitch.
0: So tired of Westbrook's triple doubles. How oh. good is OKC really? Team sport. He's great. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is, is a great player. He is a specimen. He is great. He's a physical freak. I'm with you. Like some of the triple double stuff is a little bit of a paper tiger because uh, Steven Adams is an absolute beast yes Cantor's is a good rebounder and he's a good offensive player those guys just box out and let russell westbrook come and get rebounds right? right um the entire offense is based on him so he gets a lot of assists because he gets into the lane they swarm him he dumps it off to somebody and then you know you get a layup if they gave, if he was on the rockets and they gave him the number of shooters that james harden has uh Westbrook would probably average 20 points a game instead of 30 and he would probably average 15 assists because the system would be built for him to, to dribble, penetrate and kick out and he would not get the rebounds that he gets. I, the thing about Westbrook that I like I don't like I am impressed and amazed by the fact that he's going to average a triple double, right? He's doing more for the triple double <laughs> than Ice Cube did. <laughs> You follow what I'm getting there? Uh, yeah. Yes. yeah, okay. Thanks. A little bit more reaction probably. If you Sorry. didn't think it was funny, say, hey man, that was kinda lame. Then you know, at least then we could go for it. Hold there. on. Let me try <laughs> good <laughs> one, Brad. Much better. Thank you. In any case, uh you know, I, I don't understand. Like if you just Steven Adams is a good passer. If you let him catch the ball off the backboard, like, you know, as a rebounder, and then throw the outlet pass to Westbrook, you know, in stride in transition. He could average 35 or 40 a game. You'd up the pace of those games. And you're not relying on him to shoot jump shots because he still doesn't have much of a jumper. But they don't do that. He's the only real dynamic player on that team. They have not surrounded him with much talent. And I know that, like, they sort of, like, battened down the hatches and circled the wagons when Durant left and said, we're going to win with the core that we have. Well, that's a terrible fucking idea. And so, you know, Westbrook has turned around. And I don't know if you saw this, but Austin Rivers, who's only kind of good at basketball, plays for the Clippers, said on July 5th last year, like right after Durant announced that he was leaving, Mm -hmm. uh, because he announced it on July 4th, announced it the next day, said, uh, wow, Russell Westbrook might go Oscar next year. It's going to be crazy. Called it on July 5th that he was going to average a triple-double. First time since Oscar Robertson did it. Wow. So anyway, you know, it's an amazing feat. The fact that you're averaging 30 points and 11 assists or whatever it is, I'm not looking at it, but um, isn't it with no real help anywhere is amazing yes the guards grabbing rebounds thing like you're clearly selling out to try and get triple doubles there and what makes it less remarkable is that you he completely ignores the other side of the court he's not a great defender you can really you can get thing
1: we said about Harden last year Harden was putting up all these record numbers and then all of a sudden he fell apart well two seasons ago he
0: was doing that last year he wasn't quite as good but they also had a lot more injuries on that team but two seasons ago you know we kind of talked about that you know, going into the playoffs, we said that, you know, one of the interesting storylines down the stretch was yeah how hard are the Rockets going to fall apart? Remember, we talked about that. Yep. Year, it was the year before that he put together all those numbers. And you're right, man. It's like, you know, Harden, he doesn't... Like, he's a guy that says, I got to conserve my energy for the offensive end. That's where I'm more valuable. Well, that... No, like, if you stop 10 points on one end and score five less on the other end, well, then you come out plus five in the equation, you ass. <laughs> God... So I, I don't wanna like I don't want to take anything away from Russell Westbrook. He should be number two in the MVP voting, quite frankly, because they're not a playoff team without him. Right. You know? Um, but he doesn't play on one end of the court. And so I'll be very interested to see what ends up happening with all that. But this tweet it, so tired it, of Westbrook's triple doubles. It, it's a it's entertaining to watch. Yes. It's entertaining to watch.
1: It's it's putting asses in the seats in their stadium, in their arena. Yeah, it's this is what I mean, it's it's basically the same like I'm so tired of hearing about the Warriors win about their stretch to try to beat the the, the most wins in the season last year. That's that's unfortunately, that's just part of that's a headline. Yeah, you can say you're tired of it all you want. It's just an old man who's getting upset because people are pushing themselves. But like you said, he's a he's a specimen. He's a physical freak. Yeah. And he's going to be that way for a while.
0: If you're, for, if you are, you think people are making too big of a deal out of something like that? Don't watch ESPN. Right. right? I mean, they're they're the 24 hour sports. Well, network. and that's uh,
1: that. Uh, this is a bigger conversation piece, but that's the problem. Is that now? I mean, you're still hearing NFL talk, and the NFL season is long over. I mean, free agency is one thing. How many mock drafts have we seen? About two billion. And how oh, many my. have I? How many have I Read zero. I refuse. It's it's silly to me. So Why? Silly. You know, it's whatever
0: NFL trade rumors. People just stay with, just watch, just read that website. Yeah. You'll if see that's what's what going you want to
1: hear. But at the same time, like that's why th- the problem is that now, you know, with more and more outlets for content for medium, all they all these more sh- shows are popping up everywhere. Podcast. Uh, there's only so much stuff to talk about. They're not. Cr- you're not creating a new sport, right? And you talk. I mean, there's only these guys don't want to talk about NASCAR. No. Right. Well, they
0: want to talk about the things that they actually air on their, right? You know, on their they network. They want to
1: promote their their what they. Yeah. And they, so and there's
0: espn doesn't talk about hockey anymore no right they don't talk about nascar to your point right it's like you know
1: they're going after i mean they're at this point they're core three although espn did get bashed earlier by i saw it on social media how they were showing highlights from wrestlemania they there
0: you know what i've noticed actually like cbs sports and uh well deadspin's always kind of showing that stuff but yeah espn like they started just like that stuff has all of a sudden become a thing Well, I think
1: they uh, my my theory on that is that this is kind of the um, the Dungeons and Dragons young men go to still strive and want to they identify with WrestleMania, much like they do just with gaming and stuff like that in general. It's the part that that the people who like you know if you like if you're a young guy in your twenties you like uh, probably Walking Dead and you like these some of these shows on. You know, imagination and 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 just you know, science fiction kind of stuff, and you kind of generally like also like WrestleMania. Sure. So they're trying to basically they because they're the people who like WrestleMania don't necessarily like baseball, right, or basketball or football. It's their own sports. They're trying to get those guys to come in. They're they're trying to get more coverage. So of how
0: that. long before some of like the pro gamer leagues and stuff start getting run on ESPN?
1: Oh, I I believe that's kind of, I I think ESPN's already behind that.
0: I can't believe that it's taken this long for. Anything. I think
1: that they're they have they're gonna have, they have sponsored content based upon some of their stuff they're doing now, they're just going to start dropping channels on us. Yeah, I agree. I so agree. That's, yeah, bigger thing. But back to the shit tweet of the week. Um, man. So let me... Let it me comes out of retirement to, to say something snarky and shitty. I, I kind of... It's it's like a layup. It's a layup. That's an easy one.
0: It's just such an old man, like... It's just such an old man, like, shitty thing to say. Like, the NBA has this problem... Or not... It's not a problem, I guess. It's, you know... just this, Or it just has this thing where... Like older players come out and rip the younger generation, right? Right. The reality it's just is. It's
1: the only sport that does that.
0: Well, it's like I was saying when we were on the, you know, we had our interview. I, it's a haters league. That's just what happens, right? It's just everybody's favorite thing is to poke holes in other people's games, you know? Uh, but, you know, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with how much money these guys make now versus, like, ask Oscar Robertson what he made versus what Russell Westbrook's making right now. Right. Right. Um, there was a great bit in the Kevin Durant. Uh, interview with Bill Simmons where he talked about how James Worthy was real nice to his face, but then was on TV talking all kinds of crap. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is just like jealousy in terms of what these guys made, but there's also, for some reason, there's this recognition that like the game changes, man. There was no three-point line when some of those guys played, right? We shoot threes now. Like no new players come out and say that like, you know, like no player that's playing right now comes out and says, you know, the Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Boston Celtics couldn't run with us. Like, why would you say that? Right. Like, what, like, what relevance are you seeking there? So there's like this, like, old, like old man, get off my lawn. The triple double thing. When I promise you that at some point, Lowell Cohn has s the d of a guy like Oscar Robertson for being an all around player. Yes. I mean, I that's completely unsubstantiated. I haven't looked it up. I, <laughs> but I can it's promise you that's gar- something to guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. I I think that that as much as like I could find flaws with Russell Westbrook's game, why I don't know that he's going to win the MVP. Um, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that this makes any sense. It is a team sport. You're right, and it's not Russell Westbrook's fault that Sam Presti hasn't gone out and gotten him any talent whatsoever to help him out. Oladipo is an okay player. Stephen Adams is a great player. I actually think that that's a that systematically they should use him better, but um, or systemically they should use him better, and they don't. But this is such a silly thing. So let me just read through the three real quick. Yep. We'll make the decision. All right. Skip Bayless. No way Tony Romo is a Hall of Famer. He was not better than Staubach, Meredith, Danny White, Dak will be much better than Romo was. Uh, Tony Romo, first in yards, touchdowns, quarterback (laughs) rating, completion percentage. And no mention of Troy Aikman. Uh, Tim Kawakami. NBA fan lecturing Twitter is so endearing. Lowell Cone, so tired of Westbrook's triple doubles. How good is OKC really? Team sport.
1: Uh, I I have to go back to my ba- my gut is telling me it's Lowell Cone is the shittiest one. I and see that's because Kawakami is is snarky. That's just he's just him. That's just you could just tell. That's his yeah. attitude going through. Whereas Lowell Cone to me is just is stating like really like I'm so tired of this. If it was if it was a local team doing the triple double thing, he'd be all over it. He'd be he promoting it. He'd be talking about if it was if it was Steph Curry, if it was anyone else. So do you Clay remember Clay Thompson? I mean, you, you name it. And
0: Jerry Rice's final game in in a forty nine er uniform. Uh, Terrell Owens had like twenty one catches in that game. I don't know if you remember that or not. Uh, vaguely. I want to go back and look to find out like what he wrote around that time to see if he like ripped Terrell Owens and like did all, like or if he talked about because that was before Teal really like became a
1: became a, dis- a huge distraction yeah
0: I want to know what he wrote about all that but <laughs> you know the little cone thing it's like such an old man deal uh the Tim Kawakami thing it's annoying and like he right. does the he always does the he kind of hey I'm just saying the truth I'm just saying giving the facts you can't get mad about that uh, yes you can yes you can yeah it's got to be. It's skip. how you
1: repeat the facts. It's well, Skip Bayless is that. It's got to
0: be skipped, dude. Look at all the evidence. Like, yeah, like that's a declarative statement that is very like you can empirically prove that, which I did with three seconds yeah. of football reference <laughs> yeah. research
1: with one website. We completely burned that to the ground. Holy,
0: that's got to be it, man. Like, I understand that he's trying to, like, just generate interest for that
1: terrible show. Of his. I think that's I think that's that's what he does. And that's why to me it rolls off my back because he just makes these, you know, he's I mean, the commercial I hear on—I hear it on radio all the time. I don't go on record as saying I hate LeBron James. Blah blah blah. I mean, just going—he makes these asinine, huge, broad-stroke statements that are meant to people be like, you know, like, I think oxygen is the worst thing for the human body. Everyone's like, what do you mean? We all need it. And it's the people want to tune in and just tune in to hate him.
0: Single-handedly created the Terrell Owens, Jeff Garcia feud. Just I single-handedly it. did it.
1: Uh, no, I. That's why I won't give him the—I won't give him the luxury. Of being the shit tweet of the week, do the week. <laughs> I don't want that guy to hang his hat. Because I know that there's like, I'm sure he has like certain certain tweets that he prints out. He probably prints them. He doesn't know how to scale it so it's small. He puts it on an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, puts it in frames and hangs it up in his office or his den. I'm proud he, of that one. He still has a den. Does not have an office or workspace? It's not, not a man a cave. A no. It's not
0: as corny and hipster or not as corny and mainstream as that.
1: No, it's but uh, no, I won't give him. I won't give him the luxury. A parlor. Man, I'm, or, I'm gonna I th- go he strikes
0: me as a guy that has a parlor.
1: <laughs> of some kind. <laughs> yeah. Ice cream, soda, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cheap parlor tricks.
1: <laughs> but no, I I can't I can't give him the satisfaction.
0: All right, fair enough.
1: So I'm I, to me, I'm voting low-comb. It's All just right. I'm going back to the old school.
0: I'm going Skip Bayless. Right. Listener, settle this. Let us know on Facebook, <laughs> yeah. on would, Twitter. We'll, we'll
1: create a, a vote button. All right, cool. That's perfect.
0: So I have one last thing that I want to talk about All right. real quick, because this caught my eye on Facebook this week. And... uh I, w- I want to just kind of get your opinion on something like this because I know how we feel about gimmicks. Yeah. Uh, Massachusetts Somerville Brewing Company, this is according to an uh, article uh, on Tasting Table, Massachusetts Somerville Brewing Company didn't seem worried about addressing uh, uh, beer, uh, beer made with cereal questions uh, when it released its new Saturday morning, which is a Belgian-style ale that's made using Cap'n Crunch's Crunch Berries. Life is short, have fun, and try crazy things, the brewery announced in a Facebook post. Uh, let's see. Somerville, which produces the Slum Brew line of beers, created Saturday morning as a tribute to a local home brewer and photographer who once concocted a similar beer with the popular cereal. Plus, adds brewery co-owner Caitlin Jewell, we always have Cartoon Network playing in the tasting room. Uh, Colorado's Black Bottle Brewery has an entirely an entire cerealiciously, cerealicious, cerealist. <sighs> seriously seriallessly, <laughs> series with that. I, it's a really difficult one to read. Yes, uh, <laughs> series with rotating iterations of a milk stout, showcasing brands like Count Chocula, Golden Grams, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. All cereals are introduced to the milk stout during secondary fermentation. Additionally, Big Time Brewing in Seattle produces a breakfast cereal killer stout with corn flakes, Rice Krispies, and Cocoa Puffs added to the mash. But Somerville has created one of the first ever beers made from Captain Crunch. Uh, the base of Saturday morning is a triple a a type of Belgian golden ale uh, made with oat, wheat, and corn and like most breakfast cereals it's a showcase for sugar we felt the malt sweetness of a triple would provide an ideal canvas Uh, let's see exactly how many boxes of Crunch Berries were used to develop the recipe is being kept secret but Jewel does reveal that adjuncts such as the cereal and flaked corn comprise about 10% of the grain bill so what do we think about this? We said well, that fruit beer needs to die. Right. What the hell so is
1: this? The, the 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 things I took away from that statement. Um, now to me like the cornflakes and the rice krispies, well those those cereal grains, those are already used in brewing. So that's so it's not, a marketing thing. If that's, you say yeah, it, that's exactly. what it is. It's 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 not a big stretch. The Crunchberry thing, um, I mean, I'm all for try I mean like, you know, you, before we started recording you out, you to mention that to me and would I buy it? I don't know. You're talking to a guy who bought a giant pink bottle of voodoo donut rogue beer the first time it came out about two of them uh and you took it immediately to to your place and we wanted to try it right away that's right so am i a gimmicky guy apparently i am because if you look at my track record i've tried three of the voodoo donuts um i've tried things that are gimmicky um which tasted like liquid smoke
0: liquid shit. smoke and brown sugar by the right. way yeah
1: so i you know, i of course i would i'm, I'm just curious by that if they can transcend that flavor of the Crunch Berry, you know, and, the, and it's not so much the Crunch Berry. It's the flavor you get out of the milk of the Crunch Berry. That's what everyone's seeking.
0: Right. So is this is this a gimmick that tries to generate new drinkers, or is this just something for the, the Somerville fan already? So, like, you know, using your Rogue analogy, we tasted that because we love Rogue. We think what they make, for the most part, is awesome. We have our issues with some of, like, their... Like program in terms of distribution, but like the beers themselves are great, and we wanted to go out and like they really this seems like a cool thing. Let's try it. If you saw that on the shelf at the grocery store and you didn't know anything about Somerville, would you reach out for that,
1: or is that something that they're they're because I think it's well I, I also I mean uh, me personally yes it was released um,
0: exclusively on site on tap and in 16 ounce cans so they I, did, they're they not releasing it to the stores right so I, I have a
1: hard time going down your supermarket aisle and, and another part too is that you're going to get I mean with every new release of beer you're going to get someone that's going to find a reason to complain and this is the kind of one the first one that I kind of jump on with is man that's you're really using a, a, a kid's cereal in your beer that's a little bit of a stretch for me that's a little too far in what you regard? Know, and regarding of as far as you know, introducing alcohol to minors—that's you know—I'm yeah. yeah. against the cotton candy vodkas and all the flavor. Sure, vodkas we've talked and about stuff, that before. But it's one of those things like that's a stretch, man. That's like you're—you're you're not only doing, you're not only taking the flavor profile that they've had and they've experienced or used to, but now you're the likeliness of the name. I don't—I'm not even looking at the logo. Um, don't—they don't really
0: have one here on the website. Yeah, because I think it—it it really was just. Oh yeah, they do actually. Um, do
1: they have Captain Crunch on there at all?
0: No, here's what it looks like. I'll po- I'll post a link to the Facebook page so you guys can see what it is. Yeah, you know, that's...
1: I mean, I guess that's better, but I, just hearing the name Captain Crunch, like all of a sudden you're like, man, that's... You know, it's like the Trix Rabbit.
0: I don't know. I think the fact that they released it only on
1: the brewery site... That's smart.
0: I think tells me that, like, that, like doesn't yeah. make me worry about that as much, although we've talked about that on the show. I totally agree with you.
1: Um... I mean, everyone's you know, trust me. There's for the one thing I, I am against. There's probably two thousand things that I've pissed people off with. So I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not here to stand on a soapbox by any stretch of the means. But um, it's one of those things. I just that to me is I, that's a flavor I already don't like overtly sweet beers. Right. Right. And this is and that's you know that that sweetness you get from from really ramping up your OG your gravity in the beer to get that high alcohol. I'm not a big fan of that. So to me, I don't think I would like this. Um, it's not for an alcohol reason, it's for a sweetness factor. I won't like a sweetness factor. Right. Now, would I try it? Yes. Would I pay for it? Probably not. Uh, I don't think I'd come out of pocket to, to try it. I mean, I'd have to be, let's put it this way. I've
0: heard you say the same thing about fisting.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> everyone's got a price. Uh, but Derail, it's of, derail. It's one of those things where I wouldn't necessarily go to their brewery for that, but if I was there, for example, if I was going to get a growler of something else, I was already a, an occasional fan and they happen to have it. Sure, I'll take a taster. Right. You know, and if it knocked my socks off, then yeah, I'd probably buy something. But that's a stretch. That'd be. It would have to. It would have to be a really, really, really amazing beer.
0: Well, sure, and it, like this smacks of the type of thing. Like you know, I hate to draw it, so because it sounds like a shameless plug. But like at the at our restaurant, like we, you know, at Kin, we do a seasonal menu because we do new things every season. Uh, it keeps it fresh. It keeps people excited. They want to know what's coming next. And because we've developed a good rapport and a trust level with everyone. Right. So obviously people who are going into Somerville all the time, like they see this, they've loved the pale ale or the IPA or the wheat, whatever it is that they're known for making. And they are they see this and they go, oh yeah, I'll give that a try. But then they always default back to whatever it is that their favorite thing is that the place makes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I can understand some of that, right? I mean, you know, we're, we're getting down a
1: little bit like... Down to the Nat's ass.
0: Yeah, we're get well. We're getting down a little bit beyond even what I was curious about. Like, I guess my real question was: is this is this even something that interests you? Like, are you like what, like, or like do you just kind of roll your eyes at something like that? Because it, cause it, um, it, it's it feels gimmicky to me.
1: It does, and it's a little more of an eye roll. And it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it, okay, great, you tried it, and if uh, you know if someone came, if you came to me and said, hey, this sounds really silly, but you got to try it, then of course I'll listen. But in the meantime, I'm like, and there's so many other beers out there I'd rather try, right? Than try to work on getting my hands on on that. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, that's
0: Yeah, I you know what, it just it caught my eye. I thought it was silly. I know we've talked about gimmicky beers and it's funny cuz we've talked about how fruit beers need to die on the show. Hell, we talked about it in this segment. Right. Um but uh you know, I just I thought it was
1: Yeah, that's that's a little much for me personally.
0: Uh, we will do some we will do some research. Somerville Brewing Company. We'll have to check out uh, we'll have to check out what they're known for. We'll reach out to them see if they want to donate some
1: beer to the cause there you go that's a good use of twitter hey yo uh all right well let's uh let's end it on that i mean that's pretty much it right yeah i gotta go pee pee anyway all right well we'll throw let's post a picture up of that somerville beer on our facebook page i just did perfect and then uh we'll also uh we'll have a tweet of the week vote i'm gonna throw that up on facebook later uh make sure you check out if you haven't checked out our other social media we are on instagram we are on twitter uh, all of the above go uh, untapped as well all sports meets beer that's sports m-e-a-t-s beer uh, also email us sportsmeetsbeer at gmail.com uh, remember check out episode one of uh, i'm sorry part one of episode 44 uh, where we have a nice little interview with uh, michael tully from sirius xm and uh, listen for part three which is going to be coming up shortly perfect Talk about some suve cooking Sous cooker. cooking. Sous vide. Sorry. We'll probably talk
0: about both. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I'm gonna make up a new. I'm gonna make up a new method between now and then.
1: Perfect. (laughs) All right. Thanks for checking us out. Take care.